Hi there, Bus Rebellers. It's Patty Dominguez here with Tim Wambach, and we have episode 47 today on the Boss Re Society, where we are featuring Aaron T. Walker. He is a coach and teaches men specifically about what it means to have a life of success and significance. So you're definitely in the right place. We're going to be talking about coaching, masterminding, improving your business, having a a rich spiritual life, understanding finances. We talk about it all. And he took over the reins and said, go ahead and cancel all your other appointments, all your other interviews, because we're going to be talking a lot of good stuff. <laughs> He's a great guy. So this is the episode. Let us know what you think at Boss Re Society on Twitter, of course, on Facebook as well, Boss Re Society. And we look forward to your feedback. Always hit the subscribe button. It's easy to do. That way that ensures that you get all of our episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and and Friday. And of course, visit the show notes uh, for this episode, bossresociety.com forward slash show 47. Again, show 47 at the end. And uh, you will receive the show notes from Aaron as well as his special offer that he has as well, especially for you, our Boss Reballers. Hope you enjoy. Do you believe there is more to your career than waiting for the gold watch in 40 years? Did you know that the average American spends 200 hours a year commuting to a job they probably hate? Does it frost your ass to get a 2% raise that barely keeps up with the rate of inflation? Have you ever worked for a boss hole? We know how you feel, and we want to help. Welcome to the Boss Free Society Podcast, your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wambach and Patty Dominguez. Couch not included. Patty, we're back in the studio. We have a great guest, another one, another great guest. It's not, we always have great guests. So here's the power of social media, which I'm really excited about. Tim, you and our wonderful guests met on a Twitter chat. Can you, can you fill me in a little bit in our Boss Reballers? Yeah, there was a Twitter chat a little while ago, and it's hashtag podcast chat. And it was actually started by Patty and I. We met uh, Daniel Bauer, uh, Better Schools, I think is uh, his yes. Twitter handle. Uh, it might be underscore Better Schools. I'm, I'm, we'll figure that out and have that in the show notes. We but will. he hosted a, a Twitter chat. Actually, I think John Lee Dumas was on it as well. Yes. And I met Aaron Walker, and Aaron uh, so graciously a- agreed to be on our show. Um, so I think I probably should introduce who he is so that our audience can, can be blown away. Uh, because if you're a man who longs to live a life of success and significance, if you are, you're in the right place. Uh, Aaron Walker is without question a veteran entrepreneur. Uh, he started his first business at 18 and he sold that business to a Fortune 500 company nine short years later. That just demonstrates Aaron's passion for success. Uh, he's unwilling to rest on past successes alone. Aaron started bought and sold eight successful companies over the past 36 years. Having a strong desire for personal development has kept Aaron in a weekly mastermind group for more than a decade with the likes of 
Dave Ramsey, Dan Miller, Ken Abraham, and seven other notable Nashvillians. Uh, Aaron has enjoyed a 35-year marriage with his beautiful wife, Robin. Today, Aaron spends his majority of his time helping men grow in, in success and significance as president and founder of View From The Top, a premier life and business coaching resource. The Boss Free Society podcast welcomes... Aaron Walker. Hey, thanks, Tim. That made me tired. You reading all that? I heard thirty six years flash before me, and I don't think uh, I don't think Patty that it said beautiful wife Rob, and it said Rob, and I think Tim has seen a picture of her, and he knows that she's beautiful, and he added that. Oh, so thank you're a you. good, you're a wise is, man, there, Aaron. That's why you've been married yeah. for five years. Everybody, make yeah. note. Make note. You treat your woman like she's got a tear on your head, on her head. I guarantee me, you, and life is good. Robin, it's awesome. She is beautiful too, by the way. Oh, Go ahead. Of course, of course. Now, um, the first question I had was, what business did you start at 18 that you sold nine years later? That that sounds like a great story. Okay, I'll give you the backstory real quick. I'll make it real fast. We came from a very humble beginnings. My dad never made over $15,000 a year in his life. We lived in an 800-square-foot house, four children, my mom and dad. My dad was a general contractor, and he remodeled this little store and turned it into a pawn shop. I never even heard of a pawn shop. I didn't know what a pawn shop was, but I helped him do the project when I was 13 years old. And then I met Mr. Barry, the guy that owned the place. And I said, Hey, I go to school just down the street. Do you need any help on Saturdays or in the afternoons cleaning up? And he said, how old are you? And I said, I'm 13. He said, you're hired. So I didn't even know where I was going to work, but I knew that uh, he was going to pay me a little money on Saturdays. And man, I just absolutely, Tim fell in love with that business. And this is hard to believe. I know it's even hard for me to believe at 15 years old, I decided that was what I wanted to pursue as a career. Hmm. So I went to night school and summer school. A friend of mine taught me how to do this at the end of the 10th grade in high school. I had enough credits to graduate. I didn't have to go my junior and senior year because I'd gone to night school and summer school. So I worked every day on weekends, met two really successful businessmen that were the 21st largest insurance company in the nation at that time. And they were buying diamonds and gold kind of hedge against inflation. And I approached him one day and said, have you ever considered going into the pawn shop business? And he said, how old are you? And I said, I'm 18. And he said, what could you possibly know about this? I said, I have five years of experience. And so they started checking on me a little bit and I did them and actually formed a partnership. We went to the bank. We borrowed $150,000. They wanted me to sign the note as well. At 18 years old, they handed me a checkbook with $150,000 in it, and they said, go open it. And that's exactly what I did. So it was very successful. The Lord really blessed our business. At 21 years old, I opened my second store. At 25, I opened my third store. And at 26, I opened my fourth store. Cash America is a Fortune 500 company based out of Fort Worth. They approached me. They were growing through acquisition. And, uh, Patty, they rung the bell. You know, they said, hey, here's the number. And, I went home and I was finished. Not a bad plan. But, Not a bad plan yeah. at all. <laughs> so, yeah. But, it, you know, there were, some, there were some things in there we'll discuss in a minute, though. It wasn't probably the smartest decision. If you want to dive into that, we will. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I think first and foremost, the fact that you started out early working and it sounds like you found a mentor. So the, the boss that you had, was he helpful in guiding you and teaching you the ropes beyond just helping out around, you know, stocking stuff, cleaning the floor? Um, it sounds like he gave you a really nice education that you wouldn't have received in high school. Yeah. Yeah. You clearly saw the benefit there. Yeah. There's no question about it. He was very helpful. 
he was quite young himself, though. He was 23 at the time I started working for him. I was 13. Mm. So he's 10 years older than me. But, you know, that's a, that's a lot older when you're 13 and when you're 23. But his family had been in business in Nashville for over 50 years. He'd grown up in business in this community. He was very, very business savvy. And he did teach me a lot. And so I took an interest in it and really enjoyed it, kind of pursued it from there. Can you talk about some of the the pitfalls that you had along the way? I mean, being so green to business or learning the business ropes as you were growing up in your teenage years. Can you talk about like a story where you really had a huge setback that you learned the hard way, so to speak? So clearly you paid your dues and were presented with those other two potential partners as a result of a lot of learning. So what what's the one thing that's, that kind of yeah. stands out in your mind? This is, this is going to be a little bit different than your normal setback story, okay? But follow with me and stay with me to the end of it. So I didn't know any better to take risk or not because we came from a family that didn't have anything. So I had nothing to lose to begin with, oh, right? My mom said, hey, go for it. We have nothing anyway. You know, sign the note. <laughs> I mean, they can't come and get nothing. So I said, okay, so I had nothing to lose. <laughs> so that's a little different. But here's where it changed. When I was 27 years old, I sold out. Now, I haven't been used to having money because Robin and I decided to delay gratification. We could have taken the money early on and we could have spent it, bought a bigger house, nicer car. But we invested back into our business. We, we lived on $18,000 a year for nine years. We did that every year. Now, that was quite a bit more, you know, then than it would be now, obviously, but that was 35 years ago. But we put all the money back in. So we built something that a Fortune 500 company wanted as a result of it. If you spend all the money and you don't reinvest in the business, you've got nothing to sell. So we just elected to do that. But here's where the problem came along. I was 27 years old. I did have some money. I didn't really have trusted advisors. I didn't have people to tell me what to do and not to do. So as a direct result of that, I became very depressed and I became very bored. And I literally was getting in the bed in the middle of the day. I had no purpose. I had no reason to get up. I didn't have to get up. My wife come woke me up 18 months later, you know, and she said, listen, you can't keep going through this regiment. Uh, you've got to do something because you're getting depressed. I gained 50 pounds in wow. 18 months. And so I went back to the pawn shop I started with and uh, I bought that store, 50% of it. We spent the next 10 years building it. My lesson learned was is to have trusted advisors. Because if I had it to go over, I probably wouldn't have sold the business. I was very young, still had a young family. I had a long way to go. Plus, what am I going to do? I'm 27 years old, and all you're going to do is get yourself in a lot of trouble unless you have something significant to get up for and a purpose and have meaning in your life. And so I would advise people at whatever age you are starting in business to have trusted advisors. And that's where mastermind groups come in. And I've been involved in masterminds now for over 20 years. And if I had it to go over... I would have invested myself if I, you know, they say, what would you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self, get your hind in in a mastermind group and don't come out. Stay there with people that you trust, people that uh, will give you a non-biased answer, people that will be blatantly honest and transparent and candid with you. So for me, the lesson learned was get a mastermind group, get trusted advisors. Now, for our listeners, most of our listeners, obviously, I think they know what a mastermind group is. But really, can you kind of um, kind of dive in and maybe give us a little snapshot of what it looks like of one of your mastermind sure. groups and how how uh, people can benefit from them? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you a real snapshot of it at the end of the year. I'm writing a book now called An Eagle's View, and the name of our group was The Eagles. 
And so I'm going to give a sneak peek behind the curtain of what it was like over a decade with some of Nashville's uh, higher achievers, you know, Dave Ramsey, Dan Miller, Ken Abraham. Uh, those guys have really done a great job in their business, and I'm going to give kind of a sneak peek, and I'm going to be telling my story in the book. So be sure and buy an Eagle's View when it comes out. I'm, I'm not pitching my book too much, but but what I was going to say about the mastermind groups is we come together physically in that group every Wednesday morning for an hour and a half. You know, we'd shoot the bull and drink coffee and all those things like everybody the first few minutes. But I tell everybody, and it's what I do with the groups that I have now, we have a book that we read always. We always have a book going on because you get a room full of guys together. They're going to talk about football and fishing and deer hunting. But the book keeps you focused, and we start talking about two or three chapters in the book. And then that leads into transparency and honesty and trials, struggles that you're having. And it just opens up a whole plethora of conversation as a result of that. Some people go this route, some people don't, but there was even accountability. There was a time in my life where I was going through a real dark period. One of the guys called me on a Saturday morning and he said, listen, you're wearing the crap out of everybody around you. It's time to get over this and move on. And he hung the phone up. Wow. He left me with that. And I thought I was so mad. I said, I can't wait to see him. I'm going to kill him. And then I thought, you know what? He loved me enough to tell me the truth. See, I needed that. I needed somebody to grab me and say, hey, man, quit looking back. It doesn't matter what was behind you is behind you. And I said, that's why we have a little bitty rearview mirror and a great big windshield, right? We want to glance back occasionally, but we don't want to spend much time there. And these mastermind groups can do that. Patty, if you went home to your husband or boyfriend or whoever, and they said, you said, hey, I want to do this, he would kind of put his finger in the air and test the wind to see what you really wanted to do. And if you went to a partner he would think, well, what's best for me and my family? But when they don't have skin in the game, when they don't have anything to gain or lose and they're non-biased, you'll get an honest answer. That's and right. so you need people around you to give you those honest answers. That's a real quick snapshot of what masterminds look like, but they're invaluable and they've been a game changer for me and my success. Ooh, I, I completely agree. And I think that there is also the whole trial and error process as well, because I've been in, in different groups and you really, it's a gut check, right? To say, am yeah. I gaining? Is this mutually beneficial? Am I adding value? Am I receiving value? Are they diligent? Are they committed? Because I think the one thing that you um, talked about is the fact that you meet every Wednesday and it's a commitment. It's a, it's like your word yeah. is law. You're there. You've read the chapters and you're participating. I personally have been in a couple of groups where oh, some of the people are wishy-washy. So I would recommend if you, if you our audience out there, the boss ballers it's not a one size fits all you kind of have to feel your way through it but that level of commitment and mutual accountability is such a critical criteria for that success but clearly for you for you Aaron it's been just amazing and the quality of people that you've had in the mastermind as well now I'm sure I'm sure not everyone started out that way what have you seen has been pivotal has it been the books or do you hot seat each other and say, hey, I have this problem in my business. So how do you really see where your mastermind has the most power? power? Yeah, the most power. power. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I want to tag on a little bit of what you've already said. First of all, it is a commitment. And I would encourage you, if you're not willing and not ready and you can't make the commitment, don't do it. Exactly. Don't do it half-heartedly. We even signed a commitment. There was a document that once a year we signed and said, if I'm not prohibited from being here, either through death or sickness or travel schedule, I will be here. The reason you're cheating the rest of the people, exactly. not only yourself, 
But the reason for the mastermind is the mastermind. It's everybody collectively and what they know and what they can bring to the table. So that is the first thing. Uh, I would just say that if you do bring an attitude of what I can give and not what I can get, you will get more than you give because of the the reciprocity. So I would just encourage you in any relationship, a relationship is about what you can bring, not what you can take. And so just be really mindful when you go into those groups. I actually turned away a couple of people recently that was wanting to come to my group. And I interview everybody that, you know, I lead Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind Group. And this guy, all he could talk about is what am I going to get out of it? Mm. What are you going to do for me? What are you going to bring here? What resources? What people? What are the other people? He wanted to know who the other people were before he even considered being in. If they weren't high enough Uh achievers, he didn't want anything to do it. And I'm like, you know what? This is not a group for you. Because we're about being servant leaders in our families as well as at our businesses. And my approach to business is when Herb and I went in partners, when I went back after 27, we resolved our partnership. And the only thing that wasn't resolved at the time was my salary. And he said, I said, you know, I don't even know. I hadn't even thought about it. And he said, well, you, you need to think about it because we need to pay you. So I thought about it and I went back and I said, well, here, here's what I think. And so I told him the amount and he goes, we can't do that. And I said, well, that's cool. I mean, I'm doing this because I want something to do, and you don't have to pay me that much. Mm-hmm. He said, you're worth double that, and we're going to pay you double that. Wow. Well, I'm saying that's the kind of mindset of the people that you want to be in partners with. He and I now have had a 41-year relationship. Okay, I talked to him yesterday. Mm-hmm. We're not in business together anymore, but I talk to him regularly. He is a friend. He's a coworker. He's a partner, but he's a friend. And when you serve people that way, whether it being your business or in your marriage or to your children, you will get all you need. So in a mastermind, think about what you can bring, not what you can get. Brilliant. That's, that's, that is, that's gold. Because I think so many times people do, like the, the example you gave, they're, they're looking at what they can get. And, and that's not the, and that's the same thing with business too. In business, you have to look at what you're going to be bringing to the equation, not what you're taking from the equation. Yeah. So what, yeah. What, what would you say? What's the hardest? What's the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur? It's all hard. If it was easy, everybody'd be doing it. You know, there's nothing about it that's not hard. Everybody says, "Oh, I'd want my own schedule and I have my own." Listen, if you don't kill it and drag it home and skin it, you don't eat. You know, I told somebody the other day, I haven't had a paycheck since I was 18. I said, "How would you like to have that scenario?" I'm 54 now. I haven't literally have not had a paycheck since I was 18 just prior to being 18, actually. And, uh, yeah, it's all hard. I mean, it's hard work, but, man, is it worth it. I mean, the adventuresome ride that there is, you can dictate your schedule, but you're not going to do it right out of the gate. If you think that you're a 20-year-old and you're going to be this entrepreneur, and no, hey, listen, you got to put your nose to the grindstone, man. you got to delay gratification. You've got to get in there and work like no one else. Dave Ramsey says all the time, live today like no one else so you can live tomorrow like no one else. Well, it's true. I mean, it's hard, but most people I have found want put the effort, the energy, and the resources into something. If you're passionate about something and you want it to work, you can figure out a way for it to work. You may not be able to hang out with the guys on the lake every Saturday or play golf, or you know, you may have to work some long, long hours. But as a result of that hard work, later you can have passive income, residual income. You can have things that other people don't have. And so it's a trade-off. And everything's a trade-off, right? You can't have it all. And so being an entrepreneur is hard. I don't want to discourage you from being one. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. But, you know, it's hard work. 
Yeah, I agree. Amen to that, because I think the other thing that happens is people become impatient. They're like, why isn't it happening? Why haven't I made my, you know, how come I'm not rolling in the dough? And it's just not that simple. It takes a lot of consistency, persistence, and a lot of patience is what I've learned. But um, I know it's a heck of a lot more hours than what I used to work in my corporate job. But it's I totally agree. It's so fulfilling. And it's been as as a guest we had um, show number one, Adam Carroll. He said it's the greatest roller coaster ride ever. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. It's so without fun. Yeah, it's so fun. I mean, who would have thought we'd be talking? I mean, it's just every day is a new adventure. And, just, and people ask me about, you know, my focus on the future. And I just think it's so exciting. I can't get enough yeah. of it. I'm excited to be up in the morning. So I agree with you wholeheartedly, Aaron, on that. Hey, uh, do you know what I do with some guys on a regular basis? And I can help them kind of walk through that process, even if you're considering going into business for yourself or if you're in business for yourself. There's three things I do with coaching clients. I coach people all over the country and even have international clients. But one of the things that I do is I have written a document called What Do I Want? And most people don't take time to think about the life they want to live. They're too busy living reactively and not proactively. Now, Robin and I, our whole marriage, have sat on our front porch. We've always tried to have a big front porch wherever we're at. And we'll sit out there in the afternoons and drink coffee or whatever. Sounds romantic, doesn't it? It is. But anyway, (laughs) we'll we'll sit out there. But we talk about what we want our life to look like. We We talk about... What are our goals in 30 days? And we even take the iPad and we'll write it down. We'll say, we want to accomplish these six things or these 10 things. Or we'll say, what property do we want to invest in? What property do we want to sell? What do we want to do as far as vacation? What do we want to do as far as our house? What kind of car do we want to drive? And how are we going to get that? And then we back up and figure out the plan to get it. And I tell people what they do is they go get things they can't afford. And so they spend the next 25 years paying for something that they shouldn't have bought to begin with rather than thinking forward in designing a life. Robin and I don't want the big house anymore. We just sold a big house. We had a great big house. We sold it and we bought a much smaller house because our time now is more valuable to us than a big house. We were slaves to our house. Every weekend we're spending our time taking care of a great big house that nobody lived in but Robin and I. Right. But we have four grandchildren. Now you know where you find me on Fridays and Saturdays at the ballpark watching my grandkids play ball. <laughs> I couldn't do that if I had the house, right? And so we just elected to, for a more minimal lifestyle. So we started getting rid of things. If it caused me stress, we got rid of it. I was worried I was going to go. Robin goes, if we're getting things that, rid of things that cause us stress, you may go next. And I said, well, hold on. Let's don't get carried away. <laughs> so, well, here's the thing. I'm going to give that document to your listeners. And I've created a landing page called viewfromthetop.com forward slash boss free, all in lowercase. And you can go there. I'm going to give it to you. I'm not selling it to you. Along with a personal assessment where you can look at yourself and say, who am I? So, you know, Tim could really dive into yourself and answer these 30 or 40 questions. And then steps to a productive day, how to implement, once you figure out who you are, where you want to go, this third document helps you obtain that. And I'm going to give all that to your audience. There's no charge. That is So brilliant. just go to, that, go to that landing page and get those. Maybe it'll help you. Brilliant. And well, first, I think I think a thank you is in order, right? Yes, Penny? absolutely. <laughs> Deep gratitude much. for yeah. that because if You're that's welcome. you know if that's that first 
starting point to get people to focus and and just like you said not be reactive and instead truly designing the life that they're looking for and realizing that it's not about the stuff it's about the quality of time and like you you said it yourself you went from a big house to a little house and i was actually i i wanted to go back to the fact that you said and i think this is such an important important point i've heard it before where you lived on the same salary for nine years while your business was growing and you were reinvesting back in your business and now I'm fairly certain that you live the lifestyle that you want to because you did that. That was one significant move that you made because one of the, the misnomers is that entrepreneurs may have a killer year one year and then they start to upgrade their life and they get all the toys, Mistake. all the bells yep. and whistles. And I heard this on, on I don't know, it, it was like a YouTube video and this guy was talking about this is where people crash and burn. Because they Always. can't sustain it. And can, can we go to that point, Aaron, if you don't mind? Because sure. it sounds like you have a lot of knowledge in that and with your coaching expertise as well. I think that's such an important point. I've got a client right now, and I never divulge names. I can tell stories because these people can be anywhere on the planet. So I'll tell you this quick story. My heart breaks for this guy. Brilliant man, 40 years old. And uh, he started a company about eight years ago, did great, made $100,000 a year, you know, right out of the gate. Then he made one hundred and fifty, and it just escalated. He's got 250 employees now. And so this past year, he took home, he took home a million four hundred thousand dollars And then he heard me on a podcast, and he called me and hired me. And he said, I've got some problems. i got to get you to help me work through this. So we started diving into the details like I do because I really get to know my clients well. Well, to make a long story short, he's got a $2 million house. He's got to sell the house to pay his income tax this year because he didn't put any money up. He bought the big boat, the cars, the fancy house. He's got a $1,700,000 mortgage on a $2 million house. He needs 300000 more to pay his tax. He's going to sell his house to do that. And he's got 250 employees. I said, what happened? He said, I didn't pay attention. You know, I let all the glitz and glamour get in the way. Keeping up with the Joneses. Man, I'm so tired of that. Listen, let me tell you something. I call it the 18-45-60 rule. When you're 18, you think all your neighbors are talking about you and all your buddies are talking about you. And then when you're 45 years old, you don't care anymore, right? You just say, I don't care. And then when you're 60, you find out they weren't talking about you to begin with. See, I want to tell you, if you think your buddies are talking about you at dinner, they're not. Let me let you in on a secret. Nobody is doing that. So quit living your life for other people. Do not do that. Get on the front porch with your mate. Get out there alone if you're single and say, how do I want to live? This is my life. I only got one shot at it. You don't get a do-over, you know, with your whole life. So live it intentionally and quit living somebody else's dream. And so get out there and have fun and do your own thing. Yes, indeed. Well, I think that's so important because that what you're talking about takes work, but the time's going to pass anyway. So you might as well put in that work so that you can enjoy yeah. the fruits of your labor, right? Yeah, no doubt. Just be careful. Just live intentionally. Greg McCowan wrote a great book called Essentialism, and it teaches us how to get the non-essentials out of our life and to focus on the vital few things that are really important. And the whole essence of the book, get the book because it's worth reading, but the whole essence of the book is is we think we can do 15 things well. And instead of doing that, take the same concentrated energy, niche down, get three things. Instead of being a mile wide and an inch deep, be an inch wide and a mile deep. Now we've got something that is uh, you can monetize. You can charge people a lot more money because you're an expert at it. And then you'll have a lot more fun in doing it. It's the same way with our life. I'll tell you, 
quick little story. Well, we need to talk a couple hours. You can tell the other guests they can't come on because we got we got stuff we need to talk about. Okay. All other so guests I, canceled effective okay, immediately. Yeah, canceled. Right. Uh, Tim, send them an email telling they're canceled for the day. All right. The, you got uh, it. There's a client. I sent uh, I sent an email to a client. He sent me an email back. He goes, hey, I want you to fly out to where I live. And I flew out there. So I went, you know, viewing his business and evaluating his house and went to his house and we hung out. And so as we walked by his driveway, there was this camper, beautiful camper. I mean, it was really beautiful. I said, hey, you like to camp? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, we love to camp. And I said, how long you had that camper? And he said, a couple of years. And I said, really, how much do you use it? And he said, well, last year we used it for a solid week. And this year we've used it for a long weekend. I said, really? Uh, Ten days. And he said, yeah. I said, what would you get for that camper? And he said, $50,000. I didn't say anything else about it. So we did our evaluation. I came on home. Well, I wrote a blog, and I titled the blog Count the Cost. And I told the story. I did an analysis of that camper, told the cost, the depreciation factor, how much he would have made if he had had the money invested rather than – he said, I paid cash for it, by the way. I didn't mortgage it. And I said, that's good. And so we, I went through the whole scenario, the amount that he was going to lose on the depreciation, you know, the cleanup cost, the storage cost. He had to buy a bigger truck, more gas. Well, it ended up it cost him $1,150 a night to use that camper. I said, I hope you enjoyed your stay at the KOA. And my point <laughs> is, is we don't do that with everything in our life. See, we need to count the cost, whether it be time, whether it be financial. We need to count the cost in everything we do because there's repercussions to our actions, whether it be financial, words spoken, things that we should do that we don't, things that we don't do that we should, there's cost associated with everything that we do. And I just teach people to count the cost. So I want your listeners, whatever it is, just count the cost. If you're willing to, that's cool. But if you're not willing to and you're not aware of it, then it's time to make a change. So just live your life intentional, live it on purpose, and count the cost. Well, and count the cost, but then also pare things down to the things that you really need, to the essentials. Kind of going back on the book Essentialism, I agree, Aaron, it's a great read. And actually, um, I read it, I think I read it in January. And the cool thing about that is I went in, for example, in my closet, took out a bunch of stuff I wasn't wearing, just really paring things down to the essentials. I mean, I kind of took that concept into into our home. And what happens is you feel lighter. There's a different energy because it's not cluttered and energy moves around better. And instead of saying, I know some people say, oh, you know, let's have a garage sale. Just take the stuff and donate it. Right? Why waste yep. all that? You'll be time? better off financially. You financially will be better and time, off. You'll be better off. Give it away. Exactly. Yep. And I read that somewhere, just around the concept of people spend all this time setting up their little garage sales. Just, just give it, <laughs> and you would make better. I'm like, gosh, I never really understood that. So it's an investment of time. It's what is that time costing you to do this and the whole rigmarole, and then opening up the energy in your home and and just paring things down to the things that you essentially need. Everything extra is just that. It's extra. So, right. <laughs> you know, that kind of goes back. If we can digress just a little bit and go back to when I went back in business, I fast forwarded 10 years. You know, we grew that business and it was successful. It did good. And I kind of want to mention this in part of my story because it's really important to me. It's kind of the drum I've been beating for a long time. But I realized that every business I had done up to this point was about me. See, it was about getting a bigger house, more money. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to mislead people. I love to make money. 
there is nothing wrong with making money. And if a person that has money tells you it's not about the money and money doesn't matter, run. They're lying. It does <laughs> matter. It is important. But the, the, the truth is it's not the most important. See, right. we don't want to make it our God. We don't want to make it our primary aim to make more money. And so for me, fast forward to 2001 after I uh, sold the business, had this other business for 10 years. 2001, I had a terrible car accident. I hit a pedestrian crossing the street, and it absolutely rocked my world. It wasn't my fault. He ran out, didn't see me, and he didn't make it. And uh, it really, really rocked my world. And so I went back to my partner after many days and I said, listen, I've been working my high end off all these years. I'm done. I'm toast. I'm done. I need a break. I'm selling out. So we worked a deal out and I sold him the business. And Robin and I decided to take about a five-year break. We traveled, we changed of location, we built another house, and we just said, we got to change some things up. So during the course of that time, what I discovered was is my whole focus had been on me, growing these businesses, making more money. What could I do for me? Get the big house, all those things. And so success has a number of meanings for different people. For me, it was choosing my own schedule, you know, and having financial freedom. We all want those things. For me, a really important thing successfully was an engaging family and a meaningful relationship with my wife, my children, and other people. I wanted to have a clear conscience. You know, when I laid down at night, I wanted to be sure I'd done every transaction the way I should have done it. I needed to take care of myself physically because I'd gained 50 pounds, and I thought I got to take care of myself and get myself back in shape. And here's another thing I want your audience to learn is to learn to be content in their situation without being complacent. And let me explain what that means. We choose to be happy. It's not a trait. We elect to be happy, right? You can be happy in whatever situation you're in, but keep moving the needle, right? Keep going forward. Well, okay, there's a number of other things for me success is, but significance to me means meeting the needs of others, right? Maybe not when it's convenient for me either. Because then I've really done something to help somebody. And I want to help people now that can't repay me. See, now I know my motives are clear. If I do things in business for people all the time that can't repay me, I've really paid it forward. I've really done something there. And then at the end of the day, I want them to say when they bury me, you know, there was a wise guy. He invested in others. Relationships were more important than his money. My dad, when he died in 06, I stood at his casket, never had any money whatsoever, Six and a half hours, the line was to the parking lot of the funeral oh, home. Wow. Not one person said one thing about a tangible possession my dad owned. All they said was, is your dad made a difference in my life. Your dad was there for me. Here's the encouragement your dad gave me. And I thought, at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. Yet we spend 90% of our time on making another dollar. And I'm just here to tell you, it's not going to be gratifying and fulfilling long term. And I just want you to balance those things, give money the, uh, uh, the, the, the value that it has. And it's a tool. It's to help you live your life. It's not your life. So have a successful and a significant life because you can have both. Brilliant, brilliant words. Wow. So with everything that you know, for sure, Aaron, because you say things with such conviction, coming from a place of knowing and seeing that what you have recommended or your dad leading by example, in terms of creating the relationships, where do you see your business for this year? for the next three years evolving? Well, it is so exciting what's going on in our business right now because our whole mindset is about giving. You know, the Gary Vanderchuk, you know, give, 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 yep. right hook. And it's about giving, giving, giving. Now you've got permission to ask. 
And so what we're doing is meeting the needs of other people. You know, it's like, how can I help you? How can I help you move the needle? And yes, I, I do make a good living. It is. I'm just no, I don't apologize for that. We're providing a service and we do give. We have started Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind Groups where we take 10 men. Nothing against women whatsoever, but I've just chosen my niche market as men. That's who I coach. And so we get together in a video conference room, and I have a number of groups that I facilitate and lead every week. There's a fee for belonging to those, and we do it long-term. I've got guys in there now forming partnerships. They're doing business together. It's phenomenal. But the resources you get, the encouragement, the empowerment, the accountability, it's just immeasurable. We've also started recently, it's called Iron Tribe, and it's our community, and it's $30 a month. And they get to hear me do a thirty minute a week webinar. You're on our private page called Ning, where it's our community. No one else can get in, mm-hmm. and we deal there. And then we have a newsletter that we put out. And I'm available, you know, for these people. So anyway, those are just two or three things that we're doing right now. I'm writing a course on how to live a successful and significant life, and so that's going to be coming out towards the end of the summer. That's just some of the fun stuff that we've got going on, but. It's kind of exploding, Patty, just to be honest with you. The reason it is is because there's a real shortage of great men, and I want to take ordinary men and help them become great. And when you do that, you can be the leader in your business. You can become the dad that you want to be. You can be the husband that you want to be. And I just think if we get in the trenches and we have that camaraderie and we lock arms together, we can get in there and figure it out. And I'm convinced of it. I tell people, if you don't want to really go for it, don't join one of my groups because I don't want you in there. You'll hold us down because I (laughs) really want to go for it. Life is too fun. It's too much adventure. There's too much to live than to sit on the couch and watch reruns of Oprah. You know, I'm just not interested in doing that. So that's where I see my business going the next few years. Sounds exciting so much. (laughs) What book is your mastermind reading right now, Aaron? Uh, well, which mastermind? But we're reading, uh, we're reading Lean Startup <laughs> right now. Uh, Rise wrote it. Essentialism is in another one. We just finished Business Brilliant. Uh, those are three that we're reading right now. Great. Wow. Those, those will all be in the show notes. It's Good. hard to believe Good. that we've been, we've been, uh, We've been talking for over 30 minutes already, Patty. This is Oh, uh, you canceled everybody else, so it doesn't matter. So just, <laughs> this is the anniversary edition. We'll just keep talking the rest of the afternoon. Well, you know what? So, okay, let me ask. What haven't we asked you that we should have asked you or that you'd want to want us to ask you or want to yeah, talk about? Yeah, probably. We've covered a lot of stuff. Probably nothing. Uh, I will say this. There's a couple <laughs> of things. My mom, my mom was a real inspiration to me as a child, and she wouldn't allow me to say can't. And I thought that was really unusual. And she had this little saying, and quite honestly, it's, I'm having T-shirts made that say this, can't, couldn't do it, and could, did it all. Mm. And my mom would not, she'd say, you may not be able to do it, but you're going to try, right? right? Whatever it is, you're going to try. Well, out of that, it gave me a lot of self-esteem because consequently you tried it and it worked. And then it's like, well, I can do that. And so the other thing is everybody's afraid. And I'm like, what are you afraid of? And they said, failure. And I said, well, listen, be more fearful of missing an opportunity, then you are failing. And I told my girls when I was raising them, they're 29 and 32 now, I said, failure is in not trying. Failure, if, you, if it doesn't happen, you've tried, right? For me, failure is in not trying. Man, I could not lay in bed at night and think, would that have worked? I just couldn't do it. I'm going to gain 
all the wisdom I can. I'm going to draw from non-biased people, and I'm going to say, is this deal? I'm not going to do something crazy. I'm not going to put my family at risk. I'm going to do calculated risk, but I'm going to do due diligence, and I'm going to find out. But, man, I got to go for it. I got to fire the gun and ride the bullet. I mean, it's time to go. And so we just need to do that. Go out there and live a life that's fun. Be calculated. Quit being afraid of everything and set that aside, do calculated risk, and live a life that's adventuresome. That's right. So for our Boss Street Ballers, this half hour is worth listening to again and again and again because there's so much wisdom in this half hour that you can implement into your life for sustainable results. Uh, The commitment side of things, uh, you know, living within your means, just taking a look at your day, designing what you want your day to look like, not being reactive to things. There's so much in here, right, Tim? I mean, I can't. Oh, there's, this is, I'm, I can't wait to do the show notes on this. <laughs> and so with that. You're you, nice. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron, so much. It's been such an honor to have you. Congratulations to you and Robin for what you have created you. in your lives and for being a great example of what it is to live a life that's so rich in well, many, many ways. So. Tim, well, thank you. Want? I've had a great time. Patty, you've been great. Tim, thank you've you. been great. It's been a very enjoyable time. Uh, if I can help any of your audience, I'm viewfromthetop.com. You can find everything there that you need, and I'll be happy to help you. Anything you need, I'm here for you. Great. Thank you so much, Aaron. We feel the same way about you. All the links to Aaron, how to get in touch with him, his offer, his generous offer, um, his link, and all that other good stuff will be in the show notes. So, guys, thank you so much. Make sure to listen again and again. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Boss Free Society podcast. If you want more, connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society fan page, Twitter at Boss Free Society. Or join our group of other boss-free-minded peeps at the Boss Free Dojo on Facebook.